All right. Uh, welcome, guys, to episode 880. My God. I know. Nice. Of Eat, Drink, Write, and Urban Fantasy Whiteboard. And today we're going to talk about creating your character's career, which yeah. I think is super cool. I don't know why we've never done this before. You know, but right? First, how is your week? We can see from your background, you're not in your usual space. I know. I'm somewhere else. I am in Ocean City, Maryland. Uh, with my girlfriend, her family does a vacation up here every year. Um, so we're on the ocean. And then this year they decided to do uh, something special. So they, they rented out the penthouse of this hotel. Um, so it's like, yeah, because we have like 10 people and we're all couples. So we all just have our own rooms and we all have our own bathrooms and it's all still together. So we get to hang out and all that. Nice. So it's pretty fun. Um, I was just telling my mom before this podcast that I am tipsy drunk at least 100% of the time. So at least 100%. At least 100. So sometimes 110%. Exactly. <laughs> yes. Um, so I've already been pre-gaming this podcast. I'm a little, I'm a little tipsy. So, um, but it's been a great week uh, so far. Hey, I bet. And our sound quality is going to be a little bit off because she forgot. Well, she just didn't probably have room for her headphones. Yeah, it was a 10 hour drive. So it was, yeah, you know, everything in the car and couldn't bring my headphones. Yeah. So she's videoing her sound quality is, I guess, just your computer sound quality. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Okay. So um, just forgive us. We're, we're doing our thing this week for me. Uh, I'm preparing for court. I uh, had abandonment court today. Last week, I got together with my sister, which was kind of fun, but we were there to talk about our parents and what to do with them, which yeah. isn't fun. Uh, but we got a lot of research done. And um, I mean, you never want to put your parents in a home, for God's sakes, but we, we've got to figure out some kind of help for them. Something. Yeah. So kind of a, a, a great week for seeing my sister. Um, we stayed drunk 100% of the time as well for that, those couple days, which was great. Yeah, we, went, we went to Greenville, South Carolina, and that town, you guys, is a beautiful little town. You know, I always thought Greenville, Atlanta, probably the same. Greenville is extremely quaint. Oh, good. It's not as small as the college town quaint that I like, but it was really well done. We did this little scavenger hunt thing. They had these little bronze mice hidden all over Main Street. And they That's fun. And you went to try to find the mice. I mean, it was it was fun. And of course, we drank along the way. And <laughs> I've discovered that I like gin. You like gin. I'm not a huge fan unless it's like in a mixed drink. I think you've not had the right gin. Well, so, I mean, I, I like it in... Um... Oh, there's a drink that I just had this week because I'm drinking all the time. Uh, and it was very good and it had gin in it. And I can't remember what it was now, but uh, gin and uh, orange juice is also good, but I hate gin and tonic. So. Yeah, the gin that I had was the Imperial Empress, no, em, em, Empress Indigo gin. And it's purple. And it doesn't have that juniper flavor. And it was fabulous. And the drink that I was having was a uh, uh, French 75. So look that up. It okay. is amazing. And so I kind of made up my own because I don't have all those ingredients here yeah. back home. So I made up my own gin drink today and it's pretty good. Nice. Um, right. So you're drinking already. What are you drinking right now? Right now, so I made a, a club soda with pineapple juice, uh, vodka, um, and then and then uh, lime on top of that. So it's got a little bit of lime juice, and it's really good. And I had a giant cup of it down at the beach earlier, so I am already a little bit there. It sounds very beachy. It's wonderful. It's very good. So I'm I'm drinking a gin drink that I made up tonight, and we'll be eating in a little bit. And I think you will be too. You haven't eaten yet. Yep. Yeah. yeah. So let's get to it. Go ahead. Yeah. And just but just before we start, there's a lot of really good food on this boardwalk that I'm on. So if Oof. you guys ever make it to Ocean City, the boardwalk is amazing. Um, I had these vinegar fries from Thrasher's. Amazing. Oh wow. Did you take pictures to post on our website? 
No, but I will be going <laughs> to get those. To get, I ate them too fast. Uh, no, I'll be going to get those French fries again. So I'll take pictures of that for sure. Yeah, we'll have to do some a summer blog for our podcast about all of the food and drinks and stuff we've tried this summer. There's, there's been a lot of drinking this summer. Yeah, I, yeah. I thought I drank a lot last year with COVID. This year, <laughs> this year's been something else. So we've got a lot to celebrate. We're allowed to like do things. We're vaccinated. Yeah, there's lots to celebrate, but I've been gone from one fire to the next. I mean, it's just. Well, that's fair. 2021 has been a year. It's I'm been done. A year. I'm done. Yeah. <sighs> okay. So I have some jokes. Yes, let's hear them. And they're jokes about jobs because we're talking about character careers. So I hired a handyman and gave him a list of jobs to do. Of the jobs on the list, he only completed numbers one, three, five, and seven. Turns out he only does odd jobs. (laughs) (laughs) I worked a few months as a tailor last year. I wasn't really suited for it. And the work was just so, so so like so so yeah yeah wonderful wonderful. so so and why did the bloke have to quit his job at ford installing mufflers why it was too exhausting oh that's a good one that's actually like very clever that's a good one yeah i like that one so those were my three job my three job jokes okay so why is your character's career important And I mean, we're all defined by our job in a great way. I mean, really, we really are. Yes, I mean, absolutely. I mean, I think, you know, I've done so many things just as odd jobs in the past and uh, all of them have defined who I am to this day. And, you know, it's always something that I first consider when I'm creating a character. I'm like, okay, what does this character do? Right. Um, One of the first things I think about. Yeah. Yeah. Um, You know, if you think about, the, a profession. If you mention mechanic or stockbroker or bull rider, there's going to be pictures that are popping into your head as to what that means. Yeah. Definitely. So you know, that's something to to think about. Um, yeah, I mean, because I mean, there are stereotypes with anything. Like you said, a bull rider. You're going to think of a dude with a cowboy mm-hmm. hat, like the flary pants, and a lasso attached to his belt, and like that kind of thing. Um, yeah. And I think it's something that, you know, everybody asks, oh, you know, what do you do? What do you do? Yeah. Um, So, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. So, I mean, in writing characters, that's, that can be a good thing. It does part of our job for us. You know, our our readers will already have in mind, you know, if if our character is a bull rider, they'll already have that in mind. They already know that kind of stereotype. I mean, not that we want stereotypes, but it helps get our reader a picture in their mind to start with. Right. So think about how much effort and time a person puts into choosing their career. I mean, I've known people that have known their whole lives. They want to be a doctor. So knowing that everything they do is towards that goal, that it defined their um, extracurricular activities. It defined everything. Their summer jobs. I mean, everything that you're very much defined by what you want to do. Yeah. Yep. Um, If a person wants to be a football player, their whole childhood and beyond will probably be about practice, determination, physical prowess, you know, the lifting the weights. Right. And it's probably going to be what they talk about. You know, I'm going to talk about like, Oh, I had to run all these laps today at practice. You know, like it's going to be part of their everyday conversation. And they probably read magazines about it. Yeah. They probably look at stats of other players and, you know, teams that are their favorites. So that's going to take up a whole bunch of their life. Um, right. On the other hand, if a person wants to be a musician, they're going to b- spend less time working on their physical at- attributes as they are in putting time and effort into the study of music and lots right. of practice in the study of music. Yeah. You know, you played the violins and that it took did. a lot of time. So. Yeah. Some jobs also require making connections or having contacts. So a person who needs to work towards a specific goal, who knows they're going to have to have those contacts, they're going to start networking early. Absolutely. You know, it's, it's, it's going to affect who they are as a person. Absolutely. Cause it's going to, I mean, it's going to affect 
everyday aspects of your life. You know, you mentioned the the football players, like it's going to affect their diets. Yes. You know, their schedule is going to revolve around practice. Like you mentioned, you know, their education is going to be like, did they get a scholarship to go to college? You know, like that kind of thing. Definitely. And all of that is going to be affected by their career choice. Yeah, definitely. Likewise, if a person doesn't have the luxury of knowing what their dream is, some kids just don't know. I mean, you know, it took your sister, Jordan, she's going in, she's going to be six years in college before she graduates because she figured out late what it is she wants. I mean, absolutely. I mean, I kind of, I kind of fell into mine. Uh, Mm -hmm. You know, I didn't really intend to go to graduate school for neuroscience and yet here I am, you know, so I, and I really just want to be a lab manager and I'm getting all of that training while I'm doing science and learning how to do science so I can be an effective lab manager. And so it just, it kind of fell into my lap. Um, and that can happen with your characters too, is like, you know, they're just, they're you know, going through life. Getting, yeah. Yeah. Right. Exactly. I mean, like for me, I, I finished college. I had a double major in political science and anthropology. So my choice was going furthering my education, getting a doctorate in archaeology, which I was very interested in, or going to law school, which with the political science background, that's a great thing. Law school was three years, PhD, six years. I wanted kids. And my husband said I couldn't have kids until I was done with school. So I chose law school. Absolutely. Yeah. You know, so and think about your character, too. They're going to have those decisions, too. What are their goals? Do they want to have children? So they've got to get out of school before they can do that. You know, all of those things are very important when considering, you know, I, I read somewhere that this author said the last thing they did was choose their um, character's career. The last thing they did. Yeah. And I thought, how odd. That is so interesting. Because to me, I don't see how that works. But I, I mean, I don't know. Maybe he's like you and rewrites afterwards. So maybe he got yes. through the rough draft, got the story down, and then went and reworked. But to me, that was very odd. It is very strange to me also. Just because it's, you know, it becomes a part of my... Um, you know, as I build my character, it, it revolves around, like you said, the aspects of their life are going to be very different based on what career they choose. Yeah. And why are they there? What has right. happened to put them in that job? Like, you know, is there a barrier that keeps them from pursuing their lifelong dream of being a doctor? They don't have the money They're They right. can't go and get the education because they're poor. Um, right. Or is a relative so sick that they have to take care of them and they they can't go to college. Right. Um, are they too busy trying to survive and be able to, you know, eat and fi- have a roof over their heads to actually track down a career? Career? Who cares? Oh, I've got to eat first, right? Um, yeah, I need food. You know, and so therefore they they might work at whatever odd jobs there are. I mean, it makes me think of Shameless. You watch Shameless, right? Yeah, I did. In the very beginning where Fiona, she's working whatever odd job she can to try to keep her family with heat on. And she, money. Yeah. Yeah, she didn't have the the thought of going, oh, I think I'll go to college today. I mean, it just, you know, that was not an option for her. Yeah. Um, are they illegal immigrants or in, you know, urban fantasy or fantasy? Are they, is there a barrier against them in society where they can't go and pursue, you know, like, I, I want to be a doctor, but, you know, orange people aren't allowed to be doctors. And so, you know, right. what, what is it? Or magic users can't interact with high society or whatever it is. Yeah. Um, right. uh, is there a social, that's kind of the social status thing. You know, is there a social status? Like, think of a princess who wants to be an auto mechanic. Yeah. You know, that just isn't done. Right, right. Which like, I actually really enjoy that type of story conflict, just because it's, you know, breaking the norm. Mm-hmm. Um, and I feel like a lot of very fun tension and conflict comes out of breaking the norm. Um, so I really enjoy those, which I don't know that there's, I mean, I'm sure there are like, there's definitely breaking the norm in urban fantasy. But a lot of the time, you know, urban fantasy ends up being like a a PI or um, like a private investigator, like, or a detective, like that type of thing. I mean, there, there are stereotypes for sure. If y'all can hear me, I'm sorry. I'm mixing another drink. <laughs> That's a good sound mom. Yes. I, I like it. So. Gluck, gluck, yeah. gluck, gluck. Okay. Gluck, 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 gluck. Um, so 
how do you go about choosing your character's career? Right. It's easy to talk. We all know it needs to be done, but how do you do it? Right. So number one, you got to make sure that that career is necessary to the story. So that could be like you were talking about the detectives and the urban fantasy. We needed a a job where they are going to be able to get that information to know about, or, you know, this crime wave or or whatever. Yeah. 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 Um, You know, and that, that is prevalent in urban fantasies um, or a job that is so unsuited for your character's new situation that they find themselves in that it adds humor or shows that growth or the character arc, you know, I mean, maybe they're a beautician and they end up having to do something like fix cars to survive. You know, I mean, how funny could that be? Or, absolutely, you know, it could add growth to your character. I agree. You know, I'm, I'm struggling with one of my characters right now. I'm trying to write a a character who's an artist and it's like, it's her passion, but it doesn't necessarily fit into my plot anywhere. And I can't decide if I need to like ax that or if I need to change the plot enough to include it or whatever. Um, but I think there, you know, maybe I could use it as a way of like character growth. Um, I, I think so. Or you could use it as, you know, this is her goal, but these things keep distracting her. So it could be this backstory where, you know, like Beck really loves her bookstore. Right. And she keeps getting dragged into these other things, but that doesn't mean that her bookstore is not still her passion. It's just not necessarily. Now her bookstore does come into play because of the knowledge that certain books might have and and later on down the road, right? you know, so it, it is important to my plot for her to be a book owner. I mean, a bookstore owner, but the artist thing I think number one that shows your character is creative right which creative people tend to be if not eccentric then I mean different definitely and I think you know the more you know now that we're actually talking about it which this is why we do this podcast that's right talking about these things are, are very fun for us and like help us realize things um you know I think her being an artist is a really good way uh to be a you know, it's a creative outlet for her and her struggles. So, you know, now that I'm actually thinking about it, I could probably work it in there. And it could become important. I don't know if you plan on that particular book being a series, but it's the could... Aura series. So yes. Okay. So it could become important. You could have a piece of art being an artist. Maybe she'll recognize that this supposed masterpiece, there's something off with it, or, you know, I mean, it, that art can come in later. Right. Right. But I do think it can show her number one, her character traits. She is a passionate artist tend to be passionate. Um, I mean, we're all, writers are all creatives of, as well. So yeah. um, I, I think, I think that that's a good job choice. Now, can you earn money being an artist? Mm. Right. So what she's doing is she's actually a, uh, she's in PR, so personal relations or public relations, public relations. Mm -hmm. Um, And she works for an art gallery in Charleston, South Carolina. Oh, nice. So that's her job. And then she uh, does like artistry on the side. Okay. So that's going to give her a lot of contacts for that job. Right, right. Ooh, and that could spin off into all kinds. Think of the contacts she might come into because of her passion with art she might yeah. end up meeting I mean think of the contacts she could make that absolutely that could add more conflict and all kinds of things to your story yeah yeah um so going back to making sure that the career is necessary to the story I mean that all has a caveat of it it is but it, it you know it's a rule but it's not you know right. that kind of thing but think about James Bond I mean obviously he had to be a spy in order for that whole series to work for everything. Yeah. Yeah. If he were a farmer, he, that would not have had that story. Couldn't be Um, Indiana Jones. He had to be an archeologist. He had to know those things about the artifacts, that kind of thing. Yeah. Same for like uh, Lara Croft and Tomb Raider. Yeah. Yeah. And then um, just thinking about Mercy Thompson for an urban fantasy example, you know she's a mechanic and that gets brought up all the time you know it wraps in uh, z as her mentor you know who taught her really 
how to work in cars and Charles who also taught her how to work on cars when she was a teenager. Mm-hmm. Um, so, you know, it gets brought in all the time and it's relevant to all of these characters throughout the, the story and your career choice for your character can do that. See, and yet she went to school in history. True. She sure did. So that is very interesting to show that maybe just because you go to school and plan to be a doctor that you might not end up being a florist down the street, you know, Life happens and makes these things happen. But when you're writing your character's job, you need to keep these things in mind. You're, you know, it's, it's not as simple as my character is a secretary. There, yeah. Yeah. You know, there is a lot of things you got to think about. Yeah. Um, and it's not terribly easy either. So, yeah. you know, there's literally thousands of jobs out there and a lot of them might work for what you're character does so how do you choose yeah which honestly that actually kind of makes me think it would be easier uh just because you know especially in urban fantasy your character can do anything and it could fit into your story like you could make it fit Mm -hmm. you know they could be a server and you know they have to work with people all the time and they have this recurring customer you know there's so many things that you could do with the thousands of jobs that are available in urban fantasy yeah Um, and i i think that really what Okay, so saying that, what we really have to do is look at your character. Right. You know, what are the characteristics of your character? You know, their character traits, their personality, that's going to help you narrow down what type of job they might want, might not be a job that they have to have, like in Shameless, you know, she didn't want those odd jobs, but she was had to have those jobs. I personally don't have the patience to be a waitress. I'm afraid I would dump a bottle of water or something over somebody's head because I would get so pissed off because people can be rude. <laughs> I, I think my issue would, pro- well, that's fair. One, yes, I would probably not be able to handle rude people very well. But my thing would be like, I would accidentally like drop food <laughs> and drinks all the time. Like, I, just, I don't, I don't think that I'd be able to actually perform the job very well. <laughs> yeah, me either. I, I mean, you know, those. <laughs> those waitresses or the waiters that you order and they don't write anything down. I'm like, good. How do you do that? Hard job and people are, they crush it. Yeah. Yeah. It is a very hard job. We try to tip very well because no one is going to be doing that job because it's their passion in life. Yeah. Um, Consider your character's physical traits. So, I could also never be a rock climbing teacher. I just don't have that in me. <laughs> oh, me neither. I, you know, I don't, I don't have the muscle for that. <laughs> now I could be a personal shopper or a drinking companion. I can do those things really well. Absolutely. Um, but think also, you know, considering physical traits, a person who is physically disabled is going to be more limited. Well, not necessarily. I've seen some physically disabled people that have been far more extraordinary than I could ever be in my entire life. But think about how your particular character with a physical disability might be. They might not be hanging from a building washing windows if they're um, paralyzed. You know, that that just might not be something they could do. Absolutely. Um, Honestly, like I think there need to be more stories uh, in general. You know, I've seen you know, disabilities used in urban fantasy. And I think it's fantastic. And I think there needs to be more of that um, in general. I think there's so much that you can do, um, you know, because they exist, they're out there, you know, LGBTQ is out there, yada, yada, yada. I think there needs to be more representation in general. I agree. There's a lot of minority communities that are out there that could definitely be represented and should be represented. Um, uh, you know, disabilities is a huge one because you just tend to, people ignore those people. You don't think about, yeah. Think about the steps that like to our house, there is no way a person in a wheelchair could get into our house. Well, I have a a friend from high school who's in a wheelchair and she's been trying to find an apartment and she just cannot find one that is you know, accessible to her and her daughter. Like, it's just not possible. And so she's trying to find something and it's ridiculous. Um, And the same goes for, you know, all those careers, you know, there are careers that is just like, they can't do it because it's just not built for them. And that's just an unfortunate 
And it should be, it should be considered because those people are people. Yeah. Necessary people. Yeah. That said, you know, there, I've seen really cool, I can't think of the name of the series. There's a really cool series with a character who's in a wheelchair um, that's urban fantasy and just does all this really cool magic. It's super neat. Um, I'll have to figure out the the series that does that. I mean, X-Men, the main guy is in a wheelchair. Yeah. Yep, so, that one too. I mean, that's great that they're recognized and mm-hmm. worked around. Um, you know, a, a really tall person, this is stereotype, but might play basketball. Um, right, right. I've also known really tall people who can't stand basketball. So, you know, that is a stereotype. <laughs> but uh, I'm more I got in- told, hold on, sorry. I got told the other night that I was probably a basketball player because I was playing beer pong very well. I just wanted to throw <laughs> that in there. <laughs> So that's your daughter. I could be a professional beer bong player. That would be great. I think your little sister, who's not even old enough to drink, can. Uh, She's so good at it. She is very good at it. Yeah. When we went up, guys, we went up to North Carolina, as you all know, for our vacation. And they, we played beer pong, but it was hers was water. And she was out. She was amazing. Now, it may be because she was drinking water and the rest of us were drinking beer. Sober. <laughs> But she was good before we even got drunk. Yeah, no, she's pretty good at it. Uh, think about what jobs a more intellectual character might um, you have that would use that skill. Yeah, like a lawyer, like a professor, or, <laughs> well, I, don't laugh at me. You're smart. <laughs> um, or, you know, a scientist or whatever. Yeah. <laughs> You're yeah. But, but yeah, so jobs that use intellect are, are a really good one because then you're going to have the brain character. And we've done a, an episode yes. on the brain archetype. Um, so it, go and listen to that. But. It's really fun to use those brainy characters to do things like that you would not expect, like hacking. Yeah. Oh, yeah. You know, you always think, oh, they're going to be the doctor or the scientist or, you know, the whatever. And I love it when those brainy characters use their brain power against the system, especially if the system in your world is a bad thing, you know, like a hacker or whatever. Um, I just think that's cool. So next thing you need to consider in this job criteria skill is what values, goals, or beliefs does your character have? Because that's going to make a difference as to what What job job they would have. So a person who is antisocial isn't going to take a job as a party planner or a hostess that just isn't going to happen. You know, unless they're pressured into it by like a family member or something. And that could add humor to your story. That I, I, I would do that. Actually. I love that. I know you would. (laughs) A person who despises the government probably isn't going to be a state employee unless they're trying to work from the inside. Maybe they're either trying to sabotage from the inside, or maybe they're trying to go the high road and make changes from the inside. Right. Um, If a person's goal is to be an interpreter, they're probably going to look for a job where speaking that other language is a requirement so they can make sure that they're able to speak the dual languages that they're going to be interpreting. Right. Um, If they're an anti-abortion person, they're probably not going to be working in an abortion clinic unless, again, they're trying to sabotage or do something from the inside. Um, Think about your character's emotional background. Emotional Um, background, okay. Like a rape victim is probably going to have an issue with being in a secluded area at night if that's part of her job. If she's required to be a security officer or... Uh, Maybe she has to work the night shift somewhere. You know, that's not something she is going to be comfortable doing. Now, it would add conflict and maybe character growth to force her to do that. Right, right. But be aware that that's not something that she would want to do. She would probably be terrified and that's going to affect her um, actions and the plot, you know, as to how she deals with that. Um, Are there any other emotional issues from the past that's going to affect the job, maybe in a way where they have to face a fear like that, or maybe in a way that they are totally trying to avoid it? Like, I've got a story that I'm starting on. It's very, very fresh. I've only written like, I don't even know I've written the whole chapter, where this girl is running from something, 
and she is taking this job as a industrial cleaner. And we find out in the first chapter that I've written that she used to be a lawyer. So we know something's happened and she's put herself in this job where the uh, employer is groping her and he's being a total jerk. So we know something has caused this huge change from being a, a lawyer to this job where she doesn't really want to be. So, you know, are they, are they in this job to avoid something? Are they running for something? And, and that can, that can be great for your story. Um, You remember that story? Did you ever see copycat by Sigourney Weaver? I don't think I have. No, very good. Of course I love Sigourney Weaver. So I've seen just about everything. No, I do too. I just haven't seen this one. I don't think. She's a psychologist or psychiatrist in this movie. And years ago, before the movie starts, she was almost killed by a a fan of hers. And this leads her to have um, agoraphobia where she can't leave her apartment. You know what? I might have seen this one. It was a long time ago, though. So, so good. Um, And so that background, that emotional background of hers obviously affects her. She can't just go out to Walmart anymore. She can't just go to work and help patients anymore. She has to do something she can do from home now. Right. You know, and so think about your character's emotional background. Yeah, definitely. Think about your character's needs. So people generally want to have a job that makes them happy. You know, we're supposed to pursue the American dream. You know, we have the right to whatever the Constitution says, the pursuit of happiness. Um, So people don't choose to go to a work that they hate every day. Um, Sometimes sometimes it can't be helped. Definitely. You know, and sometimes you just have to make ends meet, like you were talking about with Fiona and Shameless. Mm -hmm. Sometimes you just have to do the job that will get you money and can help your family. And I think that that can also add tension to your story. You know, if you know if your character is also having other pressures, for example, in urban fantasy, like say they're getting attacked by demons, that's going to put pressure on the jobs that they do need. Um, you know, I have to make it to work by X time, but also I just got attacked by a demon five minutes before my shit. <laughs> I kind of like know? that. I love that right. idea. Right. So, I mean, you know, it's going to, it's going to, I think there's, infinite ways to add conflict to your story with the character career that you choose. I I agree that I think I talk about conflict later on how that um, mm-hmm. helps that that's a great point. Um, you know, people want to generally be fulfilled. They want to make a difference. Um, right. and, and one of our episodes, I don't remember what episode it was I'm trying to remember, maybe you'll remember where we talked about that pyramid of needs where you start with the basic survival, which is, you know, food and shelter. And then once you fulfill that, you go to the next level. What what was that episode? I, I want to say motivations. Maybe. Okay. I could so, be wrong. Yeah. You know, think about where your character is in that pyramid and you can find that pyramid. I can't remember the name of the scientist that came up with it, but it starts with basic survival skills. And once you satisfy that, then you can start thinking about the next level all the way up until the highest level of the top of the triangle, where you're able to start thinking about, you know, your, the beyond, uh, what is the word? I can't, self-actualization, I guess. I think that is what it is. I was going to say that when you were done talking, but I think it's the (laughs) self-actualization. That sounded bad. But the self-actualization. I'm supposed to be stop talking now, guys. No, you're supposed to talk infinitely. It's a podcast. <laughs> well, we have no problem doing that. <laughs> but, you know, think about where on that pyramid, where is your character? Are they at the survival skill you know, level where they're just like Fiona trying to feed the family and survive, keep a roof over their heads? Or are they all the way up at the top where they have time to think about you know, that self-actualization, the Zen of life or whatever. Right. Can I fulfill my passion? Yada, yada, yada. Yeah. So, yeah. Um, Yeah. Okay. So next is talking about the job, using that job as a source of conflict, which is what you were just talking about. It is a perfect way to add conflict. Um, Conflict is what keeps those pages turning. 
So it is a great conflict maker. There could be relationship issues at the job. You know, they hate their boss. They hate their coworkers. There's someone trying to step on them to you know move up the ladder. All of those, we've all seen those. Right. Um, there can be promotional issues. It's she's keeps getting passed over for the guys. Um, you know, that kind of thing. There can be workplace romances that can add conflict where, you know, pressure to sleep with the boss, um, lovers that are colleagues that aren't allowed, you know, um, what's the show seal team that I watch on TV. There is a couple in that that are on the same team and you're not allowed to fraternize with members of your own team. And so they're Mm -hmm. trying to work this out. You know, she's trying to transfer so they can be together and all these conflicts keep coming up where they can't make it happen. And some of the other team members start to suspect that adds conflict. That's, that's a good way to add conflict. Think about moral issues. What if your job requires you to do something that you're not comfortable with? Like, Oh, fair. That's a good one. You know, I, I I know someone, I'm not going to mention names, but they're in a position where their boss is like, Oh, don't tell the client that, you know, it, it, we didn't really follow protocol, but don't, don't tell the client. What do you do? Your yeah. boss who's paying you is telling you not to tell the client. You've got a moral obligation to say, we're not doing what we're supposed to do for this client. What Absolutely. do you do? So yeah. right conflict. Yeah. Um, oh, issues with the job conflicting with the home life. That's a huge thing. We see that a lot with these urban fantasy with detective things. Um, They're not, they're so tied up in the crime that they're trying to solve that they can't be there to watch their child play their sports events. Um, They can't be there for their wife or, or husband or significant other for whatever that they promised that they would be there for, which you have that kind of job don't make promises like that. I mean, that's fair. Yeah. And again, but I mean, it's hard. And I think relationship issues, which I think is what is, you know, is going to lead to the conflict that you can use in your stories. You Mm -hmm. know, that's, that's exactly the kind of conflict that you can use based on your character's career. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I mean, a job say, and, and I saw a commercial that almost made me cry the other day where the, the husband, you, you see him making breakfast and he's setting this plate on a table and he's putting a glass of wine and then you see the wife comes in he kisses her leaves because he's going to his shift but he had made her dinner with a glass of wine before he left that's adorable but think about they never get to see each other yeah she works day shift he works night shift so they're like strangers passing in the night and that adds conflict that does add conflict yeah, I think that's a really good point. I think scheduling issues with with careers is going to be a huge conflict point for any novel that you're writing, because um, any job in general is going to require hours of commitment, whether those are sporadic hours or you get to make them or whatever, you still have to put in those hours for work. Um, and, you know, for urban fantasy, which is what we write mostly, if you're being attacked by demons or you have magic involved or whatever, and it suddenly walks into your life then you're going to have issues with your boss or you're going to have issues with friends or with your, um, with your company. Like if you are the boss, you're going to have issues with productivity and like that kind of thing. So. That makes me think of the Grave Witch series by Kalena, Kalena, Kalena Price, Price, yeah. Kalena yeah. Price, because her job comes with so many conflicts. Her dad is involved in the human community, but she is a witch which he doesn't, he's involved not only in the human community, but with the anti-magic human community. And so he doesn't want to be known as associated with her, but her job requires her to do, you know, so the job in that series was crucial to being able to write that series. She had to be in that job to do it. Yeah. Um. Next, think about opportunity, because you can say, oh, well, my my character is going to be, you know, a princess. I mean, how, how does that happen if 
you know, or a princess aide. Right. right. How do you get to that? If you're in the shameless life, you know, that, how do you get from that? You've got to have a logical way that they came to, and it might've been connections. Right. But Um, to get to the job they need. Yes. Or that they do have. Yeah. Think about how your character logically could have gotten that job. Right. Um, and, and I think a lot of us as writers are, are guilty of this, of, oh, I want them to be at this. Sure. But yeah. how do you really become of this? You know, how did your character become of this? Um, yeah. You know, a job to an, a, an assistant to a senator. A homeless person is not going to turn around tomorrow and be able to be an aide to a, to a senator. Right. They would have to take some kind of steps. Yeah. Where, where was that opportunity? And, and that is where perhaps it was connections. Like I talked about earlier. Um, You know, it's, it's, you, you've got to have a logical stepping stone to whatever their job is. Right. Well, I think it's like what you were talking about earlier with, um, with networking where, you know, did your character's family get you that job? Mm-hmm. Did a, did a friend put in a good word for you? Did a friend mm-hmm. of a friend, mm-hmm. did you go out and network yourself? Did you go to some fancy party? Did you, uh, you know, reach out by email? Did you cold call someone, you know, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. I am watching a new series. It's in German. So, I, which I don't mind watching. Yeah. German. Neat. It's called biohacking. Oh, and there's now two seasons of it out and we're watching season one. And I don't mind that because I can't hear anyway. So I always put on the subtitles anyway. Yeah. And plus I love foreign film. My favorite zombie film is Train to Busan, which was. That's a good was one. Was it Korean? I can't yeah, remember. I believe, no, I believe it was Korean. But so I, I don't, so. I don't mind that, but oh, I had a point. Uh, Something about network. Oh, Oh, so far, all we know is that there's some issue that she has with this woman and she is everything she is doing is leading her to try to get in contact with this woman, this doctor, this famous doctor. So her whole life has been about reaching that goal. She is the best in her class. She is the you know smartest. She's gotten all the internships. She's done all of this stuff as stepping stones to get where she wants to be. And we don't know why yet because um, we're only in season one. But, you know, that is and, and she's living in this apartment complex. So we know she's poor because the apartment that she's living with is shared with like seven other people. One's this massive drug addict. What, you know, so it's, but her whole life's goal has been getting her to this direction. So think about your character and why, you know, and then again, Karen Monning's character with, um, you know, Mac Mac. and the very beginning, she's bartender. She's, you know, taking some college classes. She's laying out at the pool at her parents' house in Georgia, you know? And so she really had no job. No, she, and then she got the job as the she seer in Ireland. Yes. Yeah. So her whole world just topples, which is an example of where they don't have a job and that's part of their character growth as to get one. Yeah. 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 And I wouldn't say she gets a job, but she is crucial to the survival of humanity. So that's kind of a job. It's a job. (laughs) (laughs) I'm going to save humanity now. (laughs) She doesn't necessarily get a paycheck, but you know, it's a job. Okay. So how do you write about the character's job? Yeah. Skip the boring details. You know, she went and made the coffee. She put two right. scoops of coffee in. That, I mean, we don't need to know about that. You know, right. we don't need to know about how you run the Xerox machine unless there's a bomb inside the Xerox machine and her knowledge of how to, the Xerox machine runs makes her realize something's wrong with mis- this machine and she discovers the bomb. I mean, there's always going to be reasons to break the, the quote rules. Yeah. Um, 
show, don't tell as usual, because it's very boring to say she said at her typewriter and typed a letter, whatever. Absolutely. You know, I think there's a thing, you know, there's such a thing as knowing too much about something. Yeah. If I tried to write about stem cell culture, you know, I would, I would go into way too much detail. I know way too much about it. Um, and your reader doesn't need all those details. You yeah. know, there's, there was a book that Patricia Briggs wrote and a lot of people complained like, oh, she put way too much detail about horses because she raised. I know exactly what you're talking about, which. Yeah. I, I, hmm, I, I don't just know. read that book and I thought it was fine, but, but you know, there, there is a thing, you know, where people are like, there's too much detail. Like, I don't really care about the details of horses. I don't care about how horse shows work, yada, yada, yada. But And, it, and it's kind of a balance. Yeah, it is a balance. Some people do know about horses and do know about horse shows. And And they appreciate that. I love it when scientists get science things right. Or Mm -hmm. like when, you know, in a a TV show, when they get the science right. It's amazing. Y'all, she really does. She's like, she'll, she'll be sitting there and she'll be rocking in her rocking chair. Cause she's a rocker. She, she has to move constantly. So she'll be rocking and all of a sudden she'll stop rocking and she'll lean forward. And she's like, they got that right. Oh my God. And then all of a sudden she's totally involved in whatever the show is because it, the science is, is right. And for a scientist, it, it's just like writers when, you know, we figure out crap all the time because we're writers too. And it's whenever we're like stumped, all of a sudden we're like, what, what, what happened? Right. I love it when a writer can do that. Absolutely. Some brilliant run. Did you watch Shadow and Bone yet? No, I read the book. So I'm like a little. I did. I read all three books. I'm about ready to go and buy that, that whole trilogy. I have it on Kindle. We can probably share it somehow, but we can talk about that. We'll talk about that later. I have read read the books. The show is fabulous. It just came out on Netflix, I think. And I knew Sydney wanted to see it. So I didn't know if y'all had watched the show or not. No, we haven't yet. I'm very curious to have you watch it after having read the book. So now I'm in this dilemma of, do I wait? Cause season two is going to be coming. They've already promised it to us. Do I wait until it's all done and then read the books or I can't really wait. I want to read them. So the, it, it is a trilogy. Uh, so I finished the trilogy, but the show includes some of the, I, I don't know if she's planning to write more, but it's a duology. So it's five books total. Really? Uh, yeah, I could be wrong about that at this point. So anybody who has read that and knows more than me, my my, my apologies. But have you have you watched the show? You've only no. read the books. Okay. I've only read the books and I haven't read uh, the duology yet. Okay. So I have it on Audible because I listen to books as I work. Mm-hmm. So. I don't know why I was bringing up that story. There was a reason. Something about jobs, but I don't remember what it was. Nope. I'm I'm just, y'all, I'm very excited about that series. And I, I looked it up on Amazon today and I'm like, oh, here's the trilogy. Do I buy it? Do I not buy it? Very, very good show on, on Netflix. Y'all ought to watch it. And they're decent books. They're pretty good. I can't wait, actually. Um, okay, so... Avoid stereotypes or twist oh, them up. Well, like, yeah, twist them up, you know. You know, they are stereotypes for a reason, as we always say, because they work. But make them a little bit different. Do your research, people. Research Absolutely. about if it's a job that you don't know, research about the job. Always. If it's the always. window washer, how does that really work? You know, Absolutely. you got to know those details or your readers are going to go, the ones at least who know that are going to go, she doesn't know what she's talking about. Right, right. Um, you know, which makes me think on freaking fairies, uh, I've got a St. Thomas scene. Yeah. And I've been watching um, Caribbean Life <laughs> on HGTV. And yeah. As I'm looking at the houses that they're showing, I'm realizing I need to go in and tweak my description of the house of the bad guys that are on St. Thomas, because I don't know that I described it as what is really there. I've been to St. Thomas, but 
I've, I'm not a millionaire, so I've not been in the millionaire homes and I've now seen some millionaire homes on HGTV. So, you know, doing my research now, I know I need to go in and tweak that a little bit. Well, I've been thinking about that too with my Louie and Delaney books. You know, I've obviously never been in the penthouse of an apartment building where this dude, li- you know, so I, right. research is extremely important when you're trying to write a character that has a lot of money from their career or whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, because I definitely need to tweak some things in Louie and Delaney as well because of that. Yeah. So, I mean, even if it's a cop, right. I, I really have a hard time, you know, there, <laughs> there's a Lieutenant here in the sheriff's department and I can't ever remember his rank. I looked specifically today when I was in abandonment court because he, you know, when I was pregnant with you, he was the one that wheeled me in the courthouse. He and I started the same time. He started in 92. I started in 93. And he was the one because my boss, the DA, I, I couldn't walk. She was on my sciatic nerve. And so I was walking, but I was hobbling. And he's my, my boss was like, the DA was like, we're not having this. And so he had me park down near the sheriff's bay. And the sheriff would pick me up, take me in a wheelchair up to my office. And this lieutenant was the one that wheeled me when I was pregnant with you in the DA's office. Listen, that's the most trouble I've ever given you in my life, right? Oh, right? oh mm, <laughs> yeah. Actually, you were not a troubling child. I know I wasn't. I wasn't. I was like kind of kidding, but like also not. I know. Yeah, you were not the trouble child. We don't know yet with Riley. I'm going to knock on wood because she's 15 and she's been pretty chill so far. So. Yeah. But 15 is when the, the demon comes out. <laughs> Yikes. Yeah. Mm, so far. So good. Knock on, knock on wood. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. All right. We totally got off track on that one. Um, we, we were, we were talking about research. I think talking to folks who have worked the job and, you know, oh. getting, Firsthand stories and experience would be a really good way to write about a career that you want your character to have. My point with that story was I don't understand the, what is a lieutenant? What is it? You know, I don't oh. know those. And so if I were going to write about someone in that hierarchy, I would have to do the research to know what the rankings are, how, what you have to go through to get those rankings, that kind of thing. Yeah. 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 So that was the point of that story. I really had a point. Wow. I've caught up with you and I, I have, I I've been working all day. I don't know that you've caught up with me. I am. Woo. It's very fun. <laughs> I'm pretty woo too. Okay. Um, about stereotypes. That's what we were talking about. Do your research. Yes. Um, yes. Find out about what training is needed for that job. Right. You can't yeah. just stick your character you know, a 19 year old fresh face character into a position that's going to take 10 years worth of experience to get to. Yeah. So find out about that. Um, of that, speaking of what is, what is, <laughs> wow. What, I, <laughs> I have caught up with you. I'm promising. Um, what kind of experience is required to get that job? And is that something logically your character would have to get there? Right. Yeah. Again, I can't reiterate enough, you know, talk to people who have done it. Look at good idea. Yeah. uh, Jesus. AMAs. (laughs) Don't laugh at me. Um, I can't laugh at you. I'm right there with you. (laughs) You know, ask, ask me anything are amazing on Reddit. Um, a lot of people do those and you can find a lot of firsthand stories about how people do their jobs, you know, ask me anything. I'm a mortician, you know, that kind of thing. Um, and you get a lot of really unique information from talking to people who do these things firsthand. Um, and I think it's a really good way to do some research for yourself. Reddit is huge. My, my, your father, my dad, my, my dad, no, my husband, (laughs) Wow. Uh, I'm going to have to edit that one out. (laughs) I I am on my third drink. And so Jen is really good. I've had a decent amount of drinks today. Okay. Um, Reddit is a great 
resource. They yeah. they do that those um, you know, and I like the idea of a mortician. You know, the grave witch, she is often in contact with morticians. So she right. would have to know in research for her book how do morticians work, how does that work, that kind of thing. Yeah, in that show, uh The Ghost Whisperer. Uh, always oh, had to yeah. talk to dead bodies. You know, she always had to talk to the ghosts. Very good show. Mm-hmm. Also urban fantasy. Yeah, definitely. Okay. Uh, think about h- how does your character think of themselves in their job? Oh. Are they a- proud of where they are? Is this a stepping stone? Are they fulfilled? Right. You know, what did they think of their job? They think That's I've got the think. coolest job ever, or do they think, do they oh, want to leave? Yeah, do they this not is, care? This sucks. You know, uh, think about that. So, because that will come into play in writing your novel. You know, I mean, maybe their job is secondary and they're like, well, shit, I got to go to work first and then I'll meet right. you over here. That that's important though. Those details are important when you're writing your book. It makes your, your book more in depth and your character more in depth. Um, Okay. So what really made me think of doing this topic was I came across, I was organizing my office and I came across the book, the occupation thesaurus by Angela Ackerman and Becca Puglisi. And we have talked about them before. Yeah, we have their entire series of books go buy all of them. We have bought all of them. I'm waiting for them. I want them to buy, to write more because I will buy more. Um, But they have this occupation thesaurus and it has a lot of information to consider about character jobs. And they're um, really good if you, you know, if you have an idea for what career you want your character to have, you can go and look it up in mm-hmm. that thesaurus. If you don't have any idea, then you can just skim through it and you'll probably get one. You know, I mean, it's a look very at their, good resource. Look at their table of contents and they just list them. Yeah. And I think uh, one of them said when they were writing this book, they almost called it the encyclopedia of jobs because there are literally thousands and thousands of jobs out there. There are so many. Yeah. But just as an example, I'm just going to list a few of, of what they've got in their book. They have actor, air traffic controller, nanny, bouncer, bartender, chef, conductor, midwife, real estate agent, skydiving instructor, taxidermist, how cool is that? There's a huge range. Um, yoga instructor. I don't know that I have the occupation one. Really? Oh, yeah, I, I don't got it. it. I think you gave it to me. I might have for a gift. I might for have Christmas, for Christmas, I think. Back. Yep, yep. Yep. Because I think I own every one of their books and I keep waiting with bated breath for them to write more. Yeah. Um, each one of their sections and their, each one of their, not sections, each one of their, um, like actor, whatever you call that. What are you saying? <laughs> I don't know. Has sections. Each one of their categories. Oh, each job has a Each section. job. That's it. Each job has a section. And these are the sections. They have an overview. Mm-hmm. They have necessary training. They have useful skills, talents, and abilities. They have helpful character traits. Sources of friction, which adds that conflict. Right. People they might have to interact with, which gives you secondary characters and that kind of thing. How does this job impact your character's needs? Yep. Yep. Twisting that stereotype, which we have done several episodes on. Nice. Nice. And why would your character choose this career? So all of that they have, you know, actor, all of those things. Um, air traffic controller, all of those things. And it gives you something to think about. These books are amazing. Go buy them. They're on Amazon. You will not be disappointed. I, yeah. All of their books, honestly. All of them. Literally all of them. They've got emotional ones, yada, yada, yada. But this occupation one sounds really cool. And I'm going to have to get a copy for myself or just steal my mouth. Or Or ask for it for your birthday, which is coming up. Oh, it sure is, isn't it? Oh, it sure is. Although we are going to Dragon Con for your birthday. And I did buy your your girlfriend a ticket. So 
This is true facts. True facts. But that's all I've got. Yeah, no, that's all I've got too. I do have an interview question for you though. Oh Lord. Uh, (laughs) 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 What? What? Don't sound so scared of it. I'm scared. (laughs) (laughs) What job is your favorite to write for your characters? In other words, like what character has the job that you love writing for them? It's a weird question. Oh gosh. Okay. So I have to go through the list. So freaking fairy, she owns a bookstore. I would love to own a bookstore. I want to own a bookstore with alcohol and that kind of thing. That, which is what Beck has. Yeah. Um, Trick is a demon hunter. How cool would that be? Pretty cool. Yeah. Kada works for her mom in her mom's magic shop, which, okay, that might sound boring, but a magic shop, really, where there's real magic? Right? Yeah, I was going to say, especially when magic is real in that world, absolutely. Yeah, yeah. So, mm, I don't know. I'll, although, I must say, I favor books, so probably Beck's Bookstore. I would the love to store. own a bookstore. I would quit all of my jobs to work in a bookstore. Yeah. Well, I could- if I owned it. Oh, okay. <laughs> I don't want to work for anybody else. None of my jobs. I don't work for anybody else. I work for myself. That's fair. That is fair. What uh, about you? Well, well, now I have to go through my list. So Mac is a chef, but she also is an illusionist. So her job is pretty cool. You know, she would you to, like to be a chef? No, no. I like cooking, but I like cooking for me, and I like cooking for Sydney. You're you know, a good I don't cook. know if I would enjoy cooking for a job. Mm-hmm. Um, Aiden is a, she works at a, uh, antique shop is her job. Oh, I would love that. Yep. Yep. So Louie, I wouldn't want her job. No, I wouldn't want Louie's job. But she reads crime scenes. Delaney. She's an emotional therapist. She's, she's I a mean, therapist. I'll give it that. She helps people and she's proud of helping people. Oh, she loves it. So, yeah, even though, okay, so her circumstance, she is a great reference on, on what we just talked about. She hates her boss. Her boss is an asshole. Oh, she sure does. Um, but she loves helping people. And so yeah. she, she has that fulfillment from doing that job. Yeah. Um, yeah, there, that's a good job. Uh, character that's a good character with a job <laughs> okay oh, y'all okay. I I am I've passed her now <laughs> I think she has and that's really impressive I've been drinking I mean, all day so Jen who knew who knew Jen I've, I've been on vodka all day so you I, know I'm used to vodka maybe it's that I'm not used to Jen I don't know fair fair but yeah no I think uh the favorite of my characters Probably is Delaney, honestly. She's she's really cool. She's is she, like, as a therapist. Your is your it, okay, who is your favorite character overall character? Not that's a different interview. That question. is a different interview <laughs> question. Probably probably Aiden. Um only okay. because she's existed for so long in my head. Yeah. That I know her so well. Um she well then again she's such a bitch like I just I can't (laughs) not not character wise she's a great human but like she will not work with me when I try to she's not cooperating writing wise I get it and I think most of our listeners will get that too yeah she's just she's and she's great like when she does cooperate it's amazing I and that's why I love writing her but you you know who's talking to me right now who I don't have time for this it's hallow of course it is she's not even I haven't even decided that she's the first book in that series that I want to write and she's like hello hello I'm here but before we start talking about that more I do have a sentence challenge for all of y'all um so if you are interested just write a page using this sentence or however long you need it's up to you I do a page just to challenge myself um but the sentence for this week is this is a job not a chore oh good one 
Okay, guys. And we need to start doing more paragraph writing. And all of you out there, that is a great way to work on your writing skills. Um, Taylor and I used to do it all the time. We're we're getting close to mm-hmm. Halloween. It's July. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> to me, oh, that's God. close to Halloween. It's close. And so I all like right. to I it it is close. I like no. to watch, uh, write, I like to write, wow. Okay, <laughs> I have far surpassed you. Um, y'all, I love to drink, it's great. Uh, we, we do need to do some more paragraph writing and we need to do another mini episode of paragraph writing as well as a mini episode with what our patrons have sent us so far yeah, on these do. sentence things. That one's first. That one's first. We got to do that one. And you don't have to be a patron to send us a sentence. You sure don't. Go please ahead. And, oh me. God, please send it to our email. <laughs> <laughs> all right, y'all. Thank you for listening. Um, you, you all are great. Honestly, you guys are great. Fantastic. You can find us at uh, our website. All of our stuff is there. Eat, drink, write podcast.com. Am I correct? Yes. I don't usually do this part. I kind of just took over here for a second, but you can find all of our social media there, uh, Facebook, Twitter, um, Pinterest, all of that kind of good stuff. Uh, and we're also on YouTube if you want to check us out. So, Oh, and we are thinking of uh, coordinating with my uh, Etsy shop, Dragon Craft Creations, oh, yeah, on making some merch. We just started yep. talking about this. Yep. We're like, we should have t-shirts or something. So yeah. let us know what you think about what designs you would want. I mean, we've got our logo with the martini glass and that kind of thing. But um, any anything that you thought is funny, any statements that you think is funny and you want us to put those on t-shirts, we're more than happy to do that. Absolutely. Absolutely. All right. So we will see you next week. Next week. Thanks, guys.